gifts and so. <laughs> We're live. Kelsey Brandon, what's up? Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Good. Did I say that right? It's Kelsey Brandon? Yeah, two first names. I love it. I love it. What was your what was your maiden name? Uh Limburg, which was a pain <laughs> to tell somebody. I'd have to spell it out and then they'd be like Lindberg or Lindberger. <laughs> Very I, German over here. I love it. So, and what business do you own? I own a business called Tom's Travelers. We are a mobile beverage catering company. And you've been doing this for how long? We started in May of 2015. So, some quite some years. I think eight years now, if I do math correctly. Okay, so for eight or seven of those years, you were working a full-time job and doing this. Yes. So I most recently in October, I quit the full-time job, um, realized that hustle culture was getting in the way of me and my mental health. So I was spending uh, so much time working that I was neglecting things that I like to do in my free time, hobbies, neglecting time with my husband. (laughs) Yeah. Living. <laughs> uh, things that were important to me. So um, I had the support. I'm lucky enough to have the support of my husband and family backing me. Uh, and they know that my company is my passion. And they kind of pushed me to make the decision, hey, go all in. So here we are, two months. That's that's unbelievable. And just for because I'm curious, what 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 did you do full time as a job? What was your job before? Man, I left a six-figure job. Oh my gosh, it's so crazy to think about. But I was an insurance professional, so I managed a group of estimators that um, wrote estimates after your vehicle was in an accident. Um, I managed that entire department for an insurance company. Really? How'd you get into that? So I know more about cars than you would think. (laughs) When you look at me, you're like, she's a she's a little blonde girl. She doesn't know anything about auto body or any of that, but yeah. ask me any questions that you have. I got you. Well, I'll tell uh, you, I, I had a, a got, I got into a, the only accident I've ever been into ever. I've, I'm 54. I've only had one accident and it was a slow moving accident. Not even really that much damage, but because I, I drive Lexus and I had a Lexus at that point, oh, the oh. way, <laughs> the way it hit the Lexus it didn't look like that much, but it basically included the front fender, the bumper, and then it into the radiator and it totaled the car. Yeah. I'm not shocked. Those parts are expensive. And especially after like COVID sourcing them was really hard. Yeah. It's quite the journey. I mean, I still, I still have some passion in the auto world, but now that's just like, that's a fun thing. And that's not like full time on top of full time. Yeah. Yeah. And you did that for, you. how'd you, wait, no, how did you get into that business? So I'm just curious, how'd you get into the, to the insurance business? Uh, right out of college. So I went to school actually for Rock Chalk, by the way. Uh, I went to school for social work. So I was a therapist, which. Really? Started, yeah, for a little bit. Um, <laughs> and I realized that that was not. For me, I cried a lot. I worked with youth that um, had troubled, through a lot like of troubled trauma. youth. Yes, yes, oh. and it was really, really difficult. So um, after that, I was just uh, I got I think I got contacted by someone on LinkedIn, and they were like, "Hey, we're hiring at this company called AIG." I was like, "Let's do it. Let's roll into the big girl job and applied." And I worked there for a while, and then. Went over to Farmers and uh, Foremost, I worked motorcycle bodily injury and fatality losses, which interesting in itself. And then I got recruited over to the last company that I just worked at. Wow. That's really cool. Huh. That's, that's, that's an interesting, uh, you know, I hear so many times that people go to college and then their job ends up being something completely else, completely other than what they went to school for. I know my, my wife, uh, has a theological, a theological, that's me. I have a theological degree and and now I'm, now I'm not even religious at all, but she got hers in psychology. She has a psychology degree 
from oh, nice. I think UMKC. I could I think that's right. Anyway, um, so she went in kind of like you. She worked with uh, troubled youth and family stuff, and uh, she said, "Yeah, it was just too it was just too heartbreaking. Um, just it was it was just too much. You know, it was too much." And so she she got out of that. So I can understand when, that. When I started Tom's Travelers, my idea was to because I mean I I really do care about youth and and everything that was going on. I just didn't have the mental health to to continue that field. So when I started, my goal with Tom's Travelers was to save, and I did this for a while. Every one dollar I bill I made in tips, I would put in my glove box of my vehicle. And anytime I saw someone experiencing homelessness or in rough shape or whatever, I would give them the money out of my glove box. And I did that for several years um, until I needed to rely a little bit more on the Tom's Travelers. But um, yeah, so that was, that was really rewarding. I still, please don't steal from my vehicle, but I still do keep extra cash, extra tip money from events in my glove box. And I carry that tradition to oh, give to people. That's so. really cool. That's a, that's neat. I'm glad you shared that. And I'm another yeah. big thing I've been wondering, how in the hell did you come up with the name Tom's Travelers? <laughs> you know, we get asked that a lot. And, and a lot of time now that my husband goes to some networking stuff with me, um, he gets asked if he's Tom all of the time. Um, have to, I finally, I started wearing a name tag that says Kelsey and it says owner underneath it, <laughs> right. the networking thing. So they, they look at me when I'm talking because being a, a woman business owner, especially with the name Tom's Travelers, it, it is confusing. Um, but yeah, so it's named after Tom Pendergast, which is a mobster from Kansas City during like the prohibition time. He made it so that there were no alcohol related arrests in Kansas City. He started a lot of the speakeasies um, and on set of a lot of like the jazz culture in Kansas City. So I'm a big history nerd and I wanted to lean into that. And what's funny is Tom's Town is named after the same Tom. And they started the same month of the same year that I started Tom's Travelers. Really? So obviously I didn't know about their business. Yeah. And then like Boulevard Wheat also has a beer called Boss Tom's Beer. And that's named after. And then the, the speakeasy Swordfish Tom's. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's Plaza. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. That's really cool. Yeah. I've, I always wondered. And that 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 explains it. I thought I thought that maybe it was like maybe her dad was named Tom or. Yeah. Or like something. I've I, gone I, like back and forth of like rebranding and maybe changing it. But like, no, I like Kansas City and I like Kansas City history and I want to I want to keep that alive. Yeah. So your first year. So when you first started, was mm -hmm. did you have that little truck thing or did was it just, hey, I'm a bartender and this is the name of my company? Like, how did you start? Like, give me go all the way back the day that you started and the first event that you did. How did you show up? Oh gosh, I lost her. So what I was asking before you hung up on me. No, Jesus. <laughs> oh, yes, I just got done with You're it. You're like, Timmy, this is it. I'm done. Uh, what I was asking is when you showed up to your very first uh, event, your very first, I assume was a wedding or an event. How do mm -hmm. you show up? What did you have? Like a thermos with some alcohol in it? Did you have, did you have the truck at that time? Or what was the very first event like? And if it, included the truck how'd that idea come into place our truck was not uh, introduced until 2019 so our first event was four years prior to that um the truck was just something that i wanted to add on um so you were just bartending that, essentially i mean i'm yeah. not that you're just bartending but i mean it was just you had the alcohol you had the alcohol license and you could come and provide all that yeah, well, back then we didn't even have a liquor license, so the client would host and provide all of the alcohol for us to serve. So we would just have serving permits. Uh, it started with myself. I was a GM of a sports bar back in college, and um, it was one of my managers. I asked if she wanted to do it with me, and we just it was just us two. Her name was Kelsey also. I pick them well. And we, we would just go, it was just us too. We had like galvanized storage tins that we'd store product in. 
we researched for mm, probably six months uh, licensing and insurance requirements because uh, I come from an insurance background. I wanted to make sure we were covered. Right. Liquor liability is no joke. Um, but yeah, so we just show up and we'd uh, serve whatever. I mean, obviously, I've learned a lot in doing this for eight years, nine years now, and things have changed. But yeah, that's kind of how it started. That's so when you say a liquor insurance, like if you had served someone and they got drunk and had something happen that you wouldn't yeah. be held liable. Really? That's a thing. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, so we, we hold $1 million uh, per occurrence liquor liability insurance, as well as $1 million per occurrence general liability insurance. And then a lot of the times venues will ask to be uh, named on our COI so that they're not completely thrown under the bus if something did happen or I guess over drank or whatever happened at the event, we're covered. Interesting. Now, in my role as an officiant, I, I don't need insurance. There's not, you know, it's just such a different, <laughs> a different world. I actually had one time uh, someone asked me, actually, no, it was Wed KC. Uh, you know, I was nominated like you were, and a lot of people were nominated for some stuff. Mm -hmm. and. They asked, I need to, to show that I was a legitimate company, had to show that whatever, whatever. And I was like, yeah, like, no guys, I'm an efficient. None of that applies to me. <laughs> I fall <laughs> under the label of clergy. I'm above all of this stuff. So stop asking. <laughs> Have you, there's a, there's a video of, uh, it's, it's like on a podcast somewhere. There's a video of a wedding coordinator who didn't carry insurance, which they are someone that would need Absolutely, insurance. And yeah. they're hanging a wedding dress up at a hotel and they hung it up on a fire sprinkler spigot and it set off the fire alarms for the entire hotel, ruined the dress, ruined all of the makeup artists, makeup, everything. I was like, oh my gosh, what a mess. <laughs> wow. Yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's like, like that. I mean, that's a lot of money. Those yeah. makeup kits are expensive. Oh gosh, absolutely. Yeah, they're they are. Wow, that's that's unbelievable. I have not seen that video, but that sounds like something. I've seen so many, I'm sure you have too. So many crazy. <laughs> I've looked at enough of those that my algorithm just sends me the those all the time. Crazy, yeah. <laughs> crazy wedding videos. So I'm what what is one of the uh the first memories you have of getting into the business? Like lessons learned or something crazy or something wild or something memorable? Ooh, something crazy. One of the one of the first events that we did, um, there was uh, a surprise for the groom. I thought this was the coolest thing. Uh, and it, I haven't seen it since then, but there was uh, a surprise for the groom. And it, I don't remember what culture it was, but they had a belly dancer come in from behind the bar. She came out and did belly dancing for like the guests. And it just got everybody so hyped. It was like the most fun thing I've ever seen in my life. That's I wish cool. I wanted to do it again, dang it. Yeah. You know, so one of the most creative things I've ever experienced in a wedding and you'll, this people don't believe I, this happened, but it did. So these couple, this couple, they hired me because they were heavily tattooed. I'm heavily tattooed. And so they hired me and they wanted me to wear a short sleeve shirt so that everybody could see my tattoos. And I was like, that's fine. I'm like, you know, it's like the biker wedding I did with like, can you wear leather chaps and all that? I'm like, sure. I'm a biker. So I have all that anyway. So I did. Well, they said, you're not going to believe our reception. You're going to want to come to our reception. And I said, well, I don't, I don't attend receptions. I said, but thank you so much for the invite. Um, but they said, no, you're going to want to see it. Well, ended up, I didn't schedule any, have any weddings that after their wedding. So I thought, okay, fine. I'll, I'll go mm -hmm. to the reception. I showed up to the reception down in the West bottoms. They had four food trucks out front, a guy on oh, yeah. stilts, a juggler, a fire eater, and two tattooists giving free tattoos, small little tattoos. Ah, that's so, I, you know, it's so funny you say that. We're attending a wedding on New Year's Eve that's having a tattoo bar there as well. Really? Man, it was great. Yes. I have, I got a tattoo. I got a tattoo. One of my you tattoos. Did? Yep, I did. I because I was the, what the, one of the first people over there, 
uh, and the tattoo artists were set up. I said, Hey, listen, I'm the officiant. I said, would you mind popping a tattoo on me real quick? And they're like, yeah, man, get down here. And they, I picked out a little sparrow and they popped it on me. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It was super cool. So, wow. Belly dancer. That's really neat. Yeah. There's, I mean, we've seen all kinds of things. It's just hard to think off the top of my head because every single year or something tops <laughs> something else that I've seen in the past. Well, that but, leads yeah. me into my, my next question. What trends have you seen um, lately that, that are new, either things that we used to do that we don't do anymore and mm -hmm. things that we're doing now that you're seeing. In okay. Weddings. I'm going to answer this in two parts. One is bar related, um, having a welcome drink, like that is something that describes you, your relationship or something that you guys like together. Um, we have like these cocktail walls and having something to have the guests walk into from their ceremony space into the reception space and just have it. And it alleviates the bar line. It's a beautiful thing, but it, it's just something like a pre-made. Yeah. That you can, you can share and you can just grab it and it's ready to go. And then you can just start mingling and start the reception and not just be waiting in line for yeah. whatever drink it is you want. It's just something that's already there for you. Um, Oh, I have another one too. Yeah, no, tell <laughs> uh, something me. Something that's also bar related is having a mocktail option. I think that's so important because there are so many guests that ARDDs or be pregnant or are drinking for whatever reason or are a kid that wants to feel included. Um, having a mocktail option, I love that trend. Um, or even cool. having an alcohol-free wedding is is nice too. Yeah, um, we've done some in parks that are completely alcohol-free, and you can make really good cocktails that don't have liquor in them. Now, what's the um, substitutes then, then? To me, funny you should ask. <laughs> there are alcohol-free based spirits that you can use, or you can use stuff like agave um, that that can taste like tequila, right? Which is is pretty good. Um, and then. Oh, what was my last one? Oh, my last, my favorite one. If I were to get remarried tomorrow, my favorite thing that I've seen at weddings and I've seen it all year long this year is the private last dance. I love it. I don't know if you've seen it because you, you're gone. Right. <laughs> you're long gone. <laughs> I am long gone, gone by then. The back, like cleaning sticky stuff off of our forearms from right. like slaying all night. But his, they, they shove everybody out of the room, like a sparkler exit. Like they don't actually do the exit yet, but they get everybody out of the room and it's just the couple and the, and like even the coordinator leaves and we try to leave uh, as best as we can <laughs> or try not to make noise. And it's just the couple and even the DJ walks away from their space and they play one last song for the couple to just soak their night in, soak in everything that they experience together and it makes me cry almost every single time. Aww. It is the sweetest thing. It's like one last private moment before you're like, oh my gosh, my day is over. Yeah. It's just you two focusing on each other. Yeah. Wow. That's really, really cool. You know, I, uh, you got married just a little bit before I did, I think, was it a year or yes. so before? And you yeah. did a, a, a destination wedding, I think, right? Because I did like more of a staycation elopement. Yeah. <laughs> very small one. Right. Very small. So we did the same. We did the same. You know, it's funny people in the industry, it's, it's always interesting to watch how their weddings go. Um, but ours was, a, a destination wedding. It was in Eureka Springs, but it was smaller, you know, it was 50, mm -hmm. 50 or less, uh, people. And, you know, it's, it's, it's one of the most important days you know, it's, it's such a big celebration, even though I had been married before Jessica had never been married. And so yeah. I did what any good guy should do, which is whatever you want, babe, like we'll make this happen. <laughs> yes, dear. Yeah. Yeah. Just yes, babe. Uh, within reason, obviously, I mean, you know, I, I we, you know, we don't have unlimited budgets. Um, but like, Hey, what, what do you, what's, what's something that really is special to you? What do you, want to feel and see and all that stuff. And, uh, it, I think it was such a blessing to have seen so many things and been in, 
in so much of this world for so long to really design a wedding together and ended up she got exactly what she wanted and i got exactly what i wanted and it was just a, a beautiful beautiful um e experience and though we didn't do a last dance you know we were the last ones to leave the the venue which was a which was a, we held at a brewery kind of an outdoor brewery we had a um a bluegrass band uh playing yeah and, yeah it was so cool we did it was just so cool anyway and so it was just cool getting to spend some time just her and i uh after everybody had left and it was just her and i getting a chance to sit and talk and it was an out outside garden area you know is where we were and it was just really special and had i had i known about the had i talked to you before i would have loved to have done a, a like a private last dance that would have been really cool yeah it's so sweet and usually they're like they've had a little bit of liquor and the nerves are gone and yeah. they just like love on each other it's really cute yeah yeah it's what's what's your favorite part about weddings in general like when what do you when you're getting ready to go to a wedding i know it's work for you but what parts what parts <laughs> of the wedding is it that you just every time it kind of touches your heart um I, I really like when, when a couple gets married, right? They're the first ones back into the reception space where, where we've been setting up. Right. And it's just like this, this initial like sigh of relief, like we did it. And then, and then every once in a while I hear like, we're married now. And like, Aww. that just like, it's, it's the sweetest thing. Cause they're like all of this, all of this time they've worked out for this moment to be married. And then it's just like, we did it. We, we, we did it. And then like all the groomsmen and all the bridesmaids, if they have them are like giving them hugs. It's, I love that moment. That's probably my favorite moment. You know, me too. My favorite moment, even though, like you've said, I'm, I'm gone pretty quick, but I'm there before the wedding and I'm mm -hmm. there after the wedding i'm just not there for the reception so after the wedding you know we all go back to the bridal suite together and that's where i see that you know the the bride and groom go back there with me and i do my selfie with them and then all the some of the bridesmaids and groomsmen come back in there and they're just you know congratulating them and there's some tears and hugs and they're like oh my gosh it's same what you just said exactly it's just not yeah. at the reception it's at the in the bridal suite like oh my gosh <sighs> like they, they usually they plop down on the couch and they're just like, ah, I did it. Yeah. You know, like, Oh my gosh, you know, we were so nervous and you know, the, just all the things, you know, and they've, mm -hmm. they finally, they've got their first drink, you know, they, they've brought that drink back into the bridal suite. They're waiting for the first, um, the call, the entrance, you know, the big entrance that, that yeah. So I, so I was talking to Denny and Brandon today, and we were talking about trends that are going away. And I'm curious if, if you're going to mention some of the things that they mentioned, uh, things that are kind of going away or it's not, you're not, it's not as prevalent in weddings anymore. What things have, would you say, or they did maybe 25 years ago or 50 years ago, but they're not really doing it much today. Um, number one, the dollar dance. I don't know if they mentioned that they, one. They did. That was one of them they mentioned. <laughs> I will say, like, I respect it if you want to make money at your event. I respect that. I've seen other ways to do it, like Venmo cards, um, like gift towards the honeymoon fund. Um, those are really successful. But I've had a couple of weddings this year where the dollar dance like nobody has cash, so they don't have like a Venmo option or or whatever. And then no one's in line for the dollar dance. And it just makes me feel so awkward. <laughs> it's so bad for them. I'm like, I'll go out there and dance with them if yeah. I wasn't busy. But yeah, the dollar dance, that one, we don't see a whole lot uh, as much anymore in like the, the garter toss. Um, don't see that one a whole lot. I've actually seen less and less cake cuttings too yep. um they're just like hey the dessert, there's a dessert table instead and it's open over there go for it yeah and they mentioned one more Ooh, let it starts starts with bouquet oh the, bu the bouquet toss yes in the garden yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah that i don't really see that as much anymore either um sparklers are still going strong 
like some type of exit. And, and I, I actually really appreciate that as a bartender because it gets everybody out or like when they do the group photos, it gets everybody like out of their chairs so I can run around and do like a quick little bus <laughs> at yeah. the tables and start to clear uh, cups because nobody brings those back to the bar. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm okay with those guys staying sure. so I can pre-bus there. Right. Do you guys do real glass? We do. Yep. Uh, I would say about 80% of our weddings are disposable wear, um, but we have the option to rent through us or you can rent through whoever and we're happy to serve it. Our January 5th event that we have here coming up is all glassware. Okay. I, you know, I understand people want to be safe and do different things, but it depends on what kind of wedding you're doing. It's it, Mm-hmm. To me, it would seem a little bit more classy to to stick with glass, um, mm-hmm. but you know sometimes there's that plastic wear that actually looks just like glass. Yeah, uh, and then nowadays. there are um, some venues that once that dance floor is open, they want you to transition back to plastic because they don't want the risk of broken glass on the dance floor and and stuff like that. But um, yeah, we'll we'll do whatever it is the venue and the client wants. Yeah. Now are you full service bar in the sense of, uh, and maybe this is per wedding, every wedding does it maybe different, but it's like mm-hmm. a red wine and a white wine and a couple beer options and then one cocktail or what, or, or is it typically f- like, what's the trend full bar, full service, whatever you want. Yeah. So we can, uh, we have our liquor license so we can provide liquor, uh, or we also offer that the client provides their liquor and we help them out with a shopping list. Um, so we can provide as much or as little, but I would say the most popular package that we have is our call package, which is three different beers, three different wines. So usually a red, a white, and um, a champagne or Prosecco sparkling. Um, and then five call liquor or selections. And then just like the basic, like Coke, Diet Coke, Sprite, soda water, tonic water, garnishes, that type of stuff. Um, The simpler is usually the better. And then if they wanted to do a signature cocktail or two, um, we would help out with that. We've had um, a couple of weddings this year that have had um, seven or eight signature cocktails. And I don't recommend that just because that backs the lineup in the bar. Um, Too many decisions. It's, they're, yeah, they're not quick thing. drinks. They're not. They're yeah. I would I would imagine with the trend of cocktail bars and speakeasies, it's just a different context when you're trying to do that for 150 to 250 people to to make to make some fancy drink that's smoking and coming out on fire. It's like yeah. it's a little difficult to do that for 200 people. Well, plus you're spending so much more money on buying all of these ingredients for the potential of 200 people ordering that cocktail instead of the potential of 200 people only ordering off of the five or six selections that we picked. Yeah. Yeah. Even for my birthday party, I I did a, a birthday party and you guys were invited, but you guys were gone. I forget you guys were out somewhere. But anyway, I had one of my buddies who's kind of a, he, we call him a mixologist it's not by professional training, but it's just (laughs) his own training. And he's a real smart guy too. So he, you know, he learns all this stuff. Anyway, we picked out five signature cocktails and a couple of them were his invention. One of them was Mm -hmm. called the slippery slut, (laughs) but then he's like, I think for you. uh, Yeah. For Yeah. He's like, anyway, we had four or five just really cool drinks. And so I'm a little bit over the top. So I went and bought five separate cool glasses, glassware for each drink. So whatever drink you ordered, you got a certain glass with that. Um, anyway, and, uh, but, but even that, and I think there was maybe 15 people here and mm-hmm. y- yeah, like you just said, it was so hard. I mean, every drink, it took a bit to, <laughs> to make it, you know? And so he finally learned every time he made one, he'd make an extra and just not put ice in it yet. Right. And so as soon as someone ordered it, then he'd just put a cube in it and boom. Um, yep. but yeah, we, he, uh, he learned. <laughs> 
we like so during if there's like a complicated signature drink cocktail during the ceremony we'll pre-batch like each bartender will have like a line of these cocktails except uh we won't like put the soda in it because if there's soda or soda water whatever anything sparkling or ice we won't put that in to dilute the drink but it's just so we can just like turn and burn through cocktail hour yeah yeah what's the most popular cocktail that you've come across 2023 there are two very popular cocktails first one was a spicy margarita um we've served that at a lot of our weddings and then the second one uh an old-fashioned which is actually my favorite cocktail so i'm okay with that me too Uh, i make a mean old-fashioned girl i'll have to try it yeah i have a smoker kit too now so uh that i love smoked old fashions there's something about them that are just like And we have, um, in our house, we have vanilla bitters game changer. Yes. So because you don't know exactly how I mix it, I'll give you my little secret, uh, old fashioned. Let's put it this way. I've had people that are pretty savvy with old fashions and they love, you know, they're, they think they know whatever. And I'm like, well, I make a pretty good old fashioned. They're like, ah, we'll, we'll see about that. I make it my old fashioned and they're like, dude, this might be one of the best old fashions I've ever had. So here's how I make it. And you'll appreciate this. Obviously the cube and the Monchetto, whatever, Moncito. How do you say that? Cherry? Maraschino. Maraschino. Thank you. I can't even say the name. Uh, (laughs) And of course, either an orange peel or just a slice of an orange either way. Mm -hmm. I prefer it. Or, Or sometimes I'll make it with pineapple, pineapple chunk. But if I go, which is so good, but if I, if I go with the orange, I actually will squeeze a little bit of that orange over the ice cube, just a little bit, just Mm -hmm. squeeze that orange in there. Orange bitters, three, two to three shakes of orange bitter, one Mm -hmm. shake of the original, like the Aragani, whatever the uh, bitters uh, do like one or two shakes of that. And then uh, the, whatever whiskey, which I like the West bottoms whiskey. Oh, I, 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 yeah. I, I like rye, but also, man, I'm, I just depends on what people like. I'll make it however they like. I'll make it with the rye or I'll make it with a bourbon, but I like the West, uh, West bottoms, Kansas city, West bottoms. Um, mm-hmm. Buffalo they trace is good. Um, and of course the, our old, uh, place out here that, uh, out in the East bottoms, uh, Jay Rieger, um, their, their whiskey too. Anyway, that does matter. The men, men, Minchers, Minchers, I think I really like that brand of rye liquor. It's kind of a top shelf whiskey. Uh, yeah. Mickner's sorry. Mickner's. I don't know the name. Yeah. Mickner's. I really, (laughs) really like that. Anyway, you know, stir it and man, I get people just ranting and raving about and I don't know if it's because I do two different kinds of the bitters and then also that little, I do the squeeze of the, of the orange mm-hmm. in there. Um, but yeah, it's just so good. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. I'll run it around the rim. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And then now that I have, uh, uh, the chips, I'll do like hickory or apple chips or, and I'll smoke that thing. And, yeah. and that real that's been a real game changer. <laughs> it's, uh, it's yeah. It just takes it kind of over the top and makes it uh, just extra, extra yummy. I'm here for all the smoked cocktails. Yeah, yeah. What's the, one of your favorite cocktail places in Kansas City? Oh, that's a hard question to answer. I really like our top, so I'm gonna, top three. Gonna go outside of Kansas City just slightly because I live in Lee Summit, but Hand and Gloves has an amazing. Uh, smoked vanilla old fashioned because that's where my brain is going right now. So good. And libations in Lee Summit also very good. Oh, libations. Yeah. Yeah. Love a good Rieger cocktail. Those suckers are strong, though. Yes. I I go to their Hey Hey Club and I can have one cocktail down there and I am done. Yeah. (laughs) Liddy lit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's bang for your buck down there. Yeah. Have you been to Goat and Rabbit? I have been to Goat and Rabbit. I think I went for your engagement. That's right. Or, yep, the engagement yeah, party. Their cocktail is really good too. Yes. So probably the best cocktail 
that I've experienced, and I've not experienced all the cocktail bars, but the best so far, it's not all of their cocktails I would say are the best. One, I haven't had them all, but they have a cocktail called Rules of Civility. It's mm-hmm. Prim- Primrose. It's a little place called Primrose. You and Kevin need to go there. It's okay. off of Johnson Drive. It's in that little downtown Johnson Drive between Ward Parkway and Metcalf. You know, that strip there where it's all just like cute little shops and all that. There's a little mm-hmm. place called Primrose, P-R-I-M-R-O-S-E. They have they have absolutely delicious cocktails, but their cocktail called Rules of Civility, it's it's insane. It's just I don't even, I can't even tell you. I don't even know. I know it's a whiskey base. It's a whiskey base. Um, but I, I, it's, it, and it's foam on top. It's so absolutely has a flower, like a fresh little flower. It's like, there's like a dried orange, uh, like a freeze dried orange slice on top. Then with a little fresh pink, real flower that's edible on top. Mm -hmm. This drink is insane. Anyway, rules of civility is the name of the drink. Yep. Yeah. It's probably, uh, and everybody I've ever taken there, like Howard and Laura, I mean, like anybody I've ever taken there, they all say the same thing. That's the best cocktail I've ever had. Like trying it. Yeah. It's, it's really, really delicious. You know, another popular one that I didn't mention, espresso martinis have been very popular this year as well. Um, and I've heard that goat and rabbit has a really good one with like a biscotti. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. I still need to try that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you guys live out in Lee's summit, Lee's summit. (laughs) Yeah. Lee's summit. I always say Lee's summit, but it's Lee's summit. Yeah, Kevin got me to move from the good old Kansas side over to the dark side. So. Yeah, it is the dark side. I'll be honest. I, that surprises me, even though I honestly, Lee's Summit is a cool place. I do a lot of weddings up up and up there. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I can appreciate it. And they have their own little, it's, you know, the little art thing they do in the downtown. The downtown area, it's super cute. Like if you're going to live anywhere, that definitely there or Park, is it Parksville or uh What's the name of that little place? Not Weston, but just outside of Weston. Parksville. Mm. Yeah, it is Parksville. L- Parksville is a darling little area. But yeah. I am I am just not a suburb guy. Like I've I have done I've lived out in the suburbs. Now I'm like down here near the plaza. And when we buy a house, it'll be Waldo, Brookside, Westport yeah. area. I mean, that's for sure where where we're gonna live. The thought of yeah, moving out to the dark side. I just can't. <laughs> I'm a bird girl. We do. So it's funny. We do um, in the burbs over here. We have people come, hundreds of people from the neighboring little burbs, and they come and they get an adult cocktail from us. And um, since we do weddings, I collect those um, light up things that the DJ brings at the end of the night. Yeah. And if they're throwing them away, I'll, I'll keep them. I'll store them in my garage and I give these light up things to the kids. So like, if you look down our street on Halloween, there's just hundreds of kids with these like light up glow sticks. And then like all of these uh, adults drinking our beverages. That's cool. Do you just like open up your bar? Like you have a, a, just do Venmo and. Well, we don't charge for anything because we're, we're just known as the Halloween house in our neighborhood. So we just, uh, we'll tap like a couple different things and then we'll have like a cooler beer and uh, Kevin and I will babysit and make sure everything is yeah. going well. But it's, it was a really good way initially when we moved to this neighborhood to meet our neighbors. That's so great. My, my one of my buddies, the guy I told you it was mixologist. His name's Steve. He, mm-hmm. uh, he has a, a bar trailer and okay. during COVID he did the same thing. He would partner with some of his buddies in a certain neighborhood and say, Hey, you know, have all your neighbors, uh, contribute alcohol and I'll bring all the garnish stuff and all the whatever. And he goes, I'll bring the trailer over to the neighborhood. And he's like, you know, if they want to tip, that's great. And he would mix drinks and they just have <laughs> a party. <laughs> yeah. It's good enough people that live around you because they're going to, they're going to have your back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. So, okay. Um, all this has to do with bartending and cocktailing. So when you do a wedding, is it, 
how many bartenders do you need per 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 number of people in the wedding? What what have you learned over the years? So typically we recommend one bartender per 75 to 100 guests. Um, closer to 100 guests if it's just beer and wine, but if there are um, multi-step cocktails, then we would recommend um, two for 100 guests. But yeah, typically 75 to 100 guests per bartender. Now, when you say per bartender, is that like if there's two of you, you just behind one bar or do you find that, okay, if there's going to be over a hundred people, we have two separate bars. It's actually, a, there's a big misconception on this. It's actually a lot quicker for us to all be behind one bar because we can hear um, someone ordering through the other person. And if I'm already walking over to get a Bud Light for my guest, and I hear that the other guest over there also wants one, I'm going to grab two. Or if I'm making a, a whiskey Coke already and I hear someone else order one, I'm going to say, I got it and I'm going to make it for them. So it's always easier to have us behind one bar. Um, it kind of depends on the size of the bar. Uh, if we can do three or four people behind a bar, some of those bars are like really nice and big, like the one at the Ridge. We could probably easily have six bartenders back there. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, if space is an issue, Obviously, we don't mind setting up more than one bar, but you do need more product and more ice and it's more like time double. for Yeah, setup. double everything. Yeah. And you have how many trucks now? Two? We have two trucks and one tap tricycle. And then we have like all of our champagne wall rentals. Uh, we built a custom uh, zombie wall for Jay Rieger, actually, for their big Halloween bash. Um, and yeah, we're like getting into the the realm of doing specialty bars and building things for clients that have a vision that there's not something already out there that you can rent. Um, we can build custom bars and custom different walls for them. And that's, that's really fun to get to use our creative side. That's really cool. So when they do that, is it, they, they pay for it and then they get to keep it or they pay for it. You'll build it and you guys keep it. We have it in our garage currently. Um, <laughs> it's actually, um, it's being repurposed now for um, one of those like live champagne walls where the person rings the doorbell and uh, there's pretty white gloves that come out and hand you uh, a sparkling champagne. It's getting redone for that. Um, we have an event coming up in January that we're going to repurpose that wall for. That's so cool. Well, I'm, I'm really proud of you for, man, you just seem so creative. And, and did you ever think it was going to be what it is? No, <laughs> not at all. Um, and it, it's like, it's a huge testament to having the right people in my life. Um, before it was kind of thought of as like, I mean, a fun thing to do on the side. And my husband and his family have really been instrumental in pushing me and, and saying, this is your passion, like, go for it don't half-ass it. I mean, not that I was half-assing sure. it by any means, but just go all out. Like if you could spend all of the time that you're working your 40 hour a week job and you could invest that creativity and that time and that mind space into something that you really truly care about, it could go so much further than what you know. Um, and just, yeah, having my husband believe in me and push me, it's, it's so helpful. Like, I don't even know to me, I don't even know how to drive our top trucks. My <laughs> husband does all of that. Like they are, they are manual and they were, their shifters are on the left. And one of them has a shifter on the handlebars. I do, I still do not know how to drive that thing, despite the amount of patience he's had with me and trying to teach me how to drive it. Yeah. I like, I rely a lot on, um, on him and he, he's just been awesome. That's really cool. Now the truck, I, it's been a bit since I've seen them. They're, they're almost like mini, mini vehicles, right? I mean, they're, you don't like drive them on the highway. No, we trailer them. That's what uh, I they're like the size of a, a golf cart kind of. That's what I thought. Okay. Uh, but the, our original gal Wanda, I named her Wanda cause I won the buyer. Um, but she, she's a little pretty heavy. So like pushing her is not an option. Um, she's an old Boeing utility truck. Like, you know, like the old airport trucks yeah. that we 
connected. Um, but the the newer one, Penny, which we are using a lot more, is is pretty light. Like I can push that that girl by myself. Yeah. And I named her after um Pendergast, so Penny. Yeah. Oh, um, that's cool. So you tow it to the event and then you push it that one, you push into the space. It drives, um, but yeah, if, if I'm by myself, I'm going to push her. <laughs> yeah. Are they motor or electric? Uh, they are both motor. Okay. That's really. Yeah, Wanda is loud. She's okay. a loud girl. So how, so for, first four years, no truck. How did the, the truck I did, like how'd this happen? You know, Timmy, I am a Facebook marketplace, uh, scroller. <laughs> yes. And me too. I was. I was scrolling and I saw this, uh, like little truck and I was like, that's so cool. And then I was thinking about like the Italian, uh, Prosecco trucks that are like pizza trucks or flower trucks or whatever. And I'm like, I could make a bar truck out of that. And, um, I went and I, it was super sketchy. I went to a cave in Kansas city with this, uh, man I met on Facebook marketplace. Sketchy by the minute. Yeah. And I went in this cave and he had like, like 30 or 40 of them just in like in this cave, just in parts and pieces. And I was like, I'm going to do it. And so I did it. <laughs> now, so was it running when you bought it? Yeah, it was. Um, and he's super knowledgeable. He bought them all at an auction because he used to work uh, at Boeing. Um, and then he retired and he bought all of these old nostalgic things from when he used to work there and just let them sit in a cave. And I was like, I'll take it. <laughs> That's so cool. And then you just outfitted it. Just, uh, did you do research or you just kind of had a vision yeah. for it? And So, uh, there's a company called Tanner's customs and it is, uh, downtown and Tanner, Justin Tanner is, uh, amazing. He had the, I don't know if you ever worked with Meltbox ice cream, he owned uh, he owned that for a while. They're like ice cream sandwiches. They're so good. He he sold it, but he owned uh, the the um, company that modified the tap truck and um, modifies other vehicles, like really high end vehicles. Yeah. Uh, and then owned that. And I was like, he's he's the right person to call. So uh, reached out to him and and gave him my idea and my horrible drawings of what I was thinking, and he made it come to life. That's so cool. Was it affordable? I mean, was it pretty costly no. or was it a huge investment or? It was absolutely not affordable. <laughs> um, you, I mean, you can buy them. Like I've seen them online. You could buy them already done, but like uh, a lot of people ship them over from Italy or whatever. And they're like, they're more expensive than a brand new car, like $32,000, $35,000. Um, that's I already it, ready bought, to go. Yeah, when I bought the um the initial tap truck, it was twenty five hundred dollars just for the truck, and then I I bet I did like eight to ten thousand dollars in um wow. yeah <laughs> wow but now it's done. I mean, you could sell it for thirty two. I I you would think I would hope, but yeah. yeah so and then Penny, the other one we bought. We, I was again on Facebook marketplace and, uh, scrolling, I think it was two years ago. So we got it done Yeah, last year. We got it done. Um, I was scrolling again and I saw it was bright yellow and it was at a coffee shop in California that ended up going under due to COVID. They didn't have enough people, but it was like part of this like scooter gang that would, it was like a scooter gang coffee shop and they, they'd ride around on these like scooter vehicles, the different coffee shops. And I was like, that's so cool. But he ended up selling it for, um, cause the, the coffee shop went under out of business and I was like, we're gonna, we're gonna do it. And so we, I ended up using someone else for that one. Cause Justin Tanner had, um, very high end vehicles to be working on in his time. Uh, not my little, my little fun projects. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but that's so cool. That so one, did, you, did I mean, you have it shipped over? We, I hired someone to a very interesting <laughs> fellow to deliver it. Um, yeah, it was, he's basically like a, a mule that brings vehicles across the U S 
Um, so I hired him to do it and he, he dropped it off and he was like really interested in that and in Wanda. And I like showed him all of the stuff and he's like, okay, gotta go. And he had all these other little fun vehicles on his truck that I was looking at. I was like, what a cool job. Wow. So that's what he does. He delivers, he transports vehicles. Yeah. Yeah. But not, not like standard vehicles, like little motorcycle things and just wild stuff. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. I, I had, a I had an old, old motorcycle, like a 1967 Honda CB motorcycle, which is like very popular to motor motorcycle enthusiasts. And some mm-hmm. guy, uh, is similar difference, except I put it, help the guy get it on the trailer and he had a bunch of different motorcycles. He was, that's what he did. Trailer motorcycles to people. Yeah. Yeah. It was just crazy. That's what he, that's his, that was his full-time job. Just driving all over the country doing that with motorcycles. Yeah. Think of all the fast food you could eat. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, let me see. So, uh, when you, when you guys, uh, work with a client, What's kind of your process? So someone calls you and they're interested in your services. What, what do you go into? What, what are you, what are you asking them? What are you looking for? What are you trying to, to sell them on, et cetera? So our process is a little bit different than I feel like most people in the business. Um, I realized before I was receiving a lot of inquiries that um, didn't, we were out of their budget, I guess is the, is the best way to say it. Um, so initially now you go straight to our website and you click on like our little investment link. And then from there you can build your cart just like you would at Amazon. You'd shop around, uh, and there's like different tabs of different things that they can select and add on. Um, and then they submit their cart once they feel like they've got everything that they want, like glassware is on there. Our walls are on there. Our, um, add-ons are on there, alcohol packages, our tap trucks, if you want those. We even have like bags and like yard games and stuff on there. If people want to add those on, just stuff that you wouldn't normally think about when you're thinking about a bar company. Yeah. Um, and then once they submit that over to us, I'll take a look at it. And then I'll either like schedule a call with them if they're a phone talker. A lot of um, our clients are not, they're just emailers. So I'm totally fine with doing that too. And we'll just talk about logistics um, via email or Zoom calls. I really like Zoom calls so I can like see them and they can see me and we know that we're real people and not just behind a computer. But yeah, and then we'll go through the packaging logistics. And then like about a month out, I'll give them a call and we'll go over final details, timeline, other vendors, uh, anything that they're not thinking about, what we need from them, what they need from us. And then a week out, I let them know who their bartender is and then reconfirm all of the details that we had previously discussed. Yeah. That's really, do you guys find that you are priced in the middle? You're a top price or you're lower than most? I think we're like right about average. Um, For as far as like liquor packages, I think that we are uh, a little bit lower because we've only had our alcohol packages for a year now. Yeah. Um, so I think we could raise our pricing on that, but I also just don't want to take advantage of people. Right. Uh, so yeah, our, like our, our bartending service is pretty uh, on par with um, some of the other people in the market. And I, and I actually, I talk to other bartending owners almost daily um, we're all really good friends. People think that we're like all competitors and we all hate each other. And that's not how it is at all. Like we're sure. all really good friends and we bounce ideas off of each other and make sure that we're in line and, and um, for our clients. And yeah. Yeah. What do you think has been your biggest contributor to, to growth? Networking. <laughs> um, I know you and I are both part of Wedding Vendor Social. Yeah. Super important to to get out there and and let other vendors see you and get to know you and get to know your style and trust you. And there's no way that like you and I would have ever connected um, because we're in totally different 
parts of the the wedding day, right? Right. If we didn't network and we didn't get to know people and and know how they work and their personality. So I think networking is huge. Yeah. Yeah, I very rarely ever see you at an actual wedding. It happens. There's been a couple times. Yeah. Uh, but depending on how the venue is laid out and all that, sometimes the ceremony is is just in a different part of the building. And so after the ceremony, I'm in the bridal suite signing, then I'm out. And so I don't, yeah. I don't ever get to see the reception area. I don't see any of the bartenders. Um, obviously, if it's a room that's being flipped, clearly, then I do. Um, yeah, I get to see them. So I saw Brandon last weekend for like a second. I was like, "Whoa! I didn't know you actually worked wedding." <laughs> that's right. He's the, he's the one that's always uh, assigning different DJs to all these weddings. I always I'm always working with people from Complete. Um, yeah, but and I'm I'm always I'm always so thrilled when I see him. He, he we've 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 worked several big weddings together. Uh, and it's been, been fun. One of the memorable weddings I had with him was uh, a wedding that it felt like it was 200 degrees outside and he oh. was sweating profusely. Uh, I stayed <laughs> indoors. I was like, I ain't going out there until the ceremony starts, but it was so hot that when the doors opened to walk down the aisle, it was like walking into an oven. It was just, oh, no. yeah, it was insane. And Brandon was out in it the whole time and full sun, full sun. Yeah, it was full sun. Yeah, it was crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, I think the last wedding yeah. that, that I remember seeing you where we actually saw each other uh, was out at that, that farm. I think that one that was out at the right out, you walked right out where you guys set up. You walked right out onto the patio and then right off the patio is down the hill is that gazebo-y area. Yeah, I was trying to think of which venue that was, but I'm drawing a complete blank. Yeah, I am too. That that was actually a a friend of my daughter, my daughter's childhood classmates who were boyfriend and girlfriend back in high school with my daughter. And then, Weird. then, and then I, now I'm doing their wedding. Yeah, that was so fun. Yeah, someone that I used to babysit got married this year and i was like this is weird <laughs> you're too young yes <laughs> well I'm, I'm just thinking of myself that i'm too young for that yeah, to happen but that's right you you are young you're way younger than me i remember doing a wedding this is probably a couple of years ago right before covid in 2019 and so you know i've been doing this at that point for 21 years or whatever and I always ask the same question when I meet a couple. I'm like, you know, how'd you guys hear about me? And, and they're like, well, you actually married my parents. Oh my gosh, no. <laughs> and That's I was like, <laughs> oh God, now I do feel uh, old. So yeah, it was, it was 20 years before that, that I actually did their, her parents' wedding. Yeah, isn't that crazy? I didn't realize that you've been doing it for that long. Yeah, next year uh, is my 25th year. Yeah. Wow, your golden year. Yeah, yeah, right? yep. And I'm doing a, I'll be throwing a party, which you'll know about it. We're going to be throwing a party at uh, 75th event space, uh, a big 25th, a big 25th year anniversary for, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. For 25 years. Yeah. So yeah, 1999, I did my first wedding in Houston, Texas. Wow. Oh. I was nine old. You were how old? Nine. <laughs> <laughs> how young are you? I forget. 33. Oh, okay. You're my wife's age. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She's actually a year or two older than you, but yeah, she's in her mid thirties. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I joke. It, it's, I don't feel older than, or how can I say you're this? not, I don't, you're yeah, not. I'm very immature. I am. I just, and I'm, I don't mean that like I'm being funny. I'm, I'm being serious. I'm very immature or very young at heart, very young at heart. You're playful. Is yes. The right way to yeah. So I don't feel like I get around people my age and I, they feel like my parents. You know, yeah. they just, they feel so old and I don't, I'm sorry folks, but I just, I sometimes feel old fuddy duddy and I just resonate with a younger vibe anyway. And, you know, I knew when I met Jessica, I knew she was younger than me. I mean, I just looked at her, I could tell she was younger than me, but 
all her friends were my age, like all her bandmates, you know, she's in a band, all her bandmates are married yeah. and my age. And she's so, an old soul. yes, she is. She's a very old soul. And, uh, I've, I've, I jokingly say this to her all the time. I was like, but you know, what's so wild is I said, I've never felt like you were as young, you know, this much younger than me. She, it just doesn't yeah. feel like that because we connect so well, but I always say, you know, you're, you're an old soul and I'm immature. So we meet in the middle and it works. It works. Oh my yeah. gosh. Well, I, I don't know what else we can talk about, about weddings, but man, this was a great conversation. You did fabulous. I, I literally was waiting for just one word answers from you. And <laughs> like, this is the shortest podcast I've ever done. Well, sorry to disappoint. Yeah, no, you did great. You did really great. So how can people find you? What's your website, your social media, all that stuff? Yes, people can find us. Our website is www.tomstravelers.com. I left out with that domain. Um, and then our Instagram and our social media handles are Tom's Travelers KC. So we're on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, to me and I talked earlier, <laughs> yeah. we're on The Knot um, and also Google if you want to check out our reviews there. Yeah, that's awesome. Do you guys have a lot of reviews on Google? No, I... You know what? I really messed up. That's one part of the business that I wish that I was better at. Um, I didn't even get my Google set up until I think earlier this year. So I think we have like 10, 12 on Google, but yeah. we're working on it. Well, I'm the same way. I mean, I've been doing this a long time. I think I have 50, which is, a, which is, a, I mean, I'm, I'm proud of that. That's great. But I've been yeah. doing this for a lot long. You know, I should have 10,000 reviews with as much as I've done. And that's the tough part. I know, you know, Brandon and some of the other people have such great systems of even post wedding. And I am just terrible about post follow-up, you know, once, yeah. once I do the wedding and I do the, the stuff that is post, like signing the license, submitting the license, once that's done, you know, pretty much I, I, there's no contact with the couple unless they run into some kind of issues and then they call me for my relationship coaching. Um, mm -hmm. but I'm getting better. I, I do have now a form that I send out the week following saying, Hey, if you could give us a Google review, if the, if the wedding went well, it, <laughs> if the wedding didn't go well, I don't send that out. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. <laughs> I, I only have one, I have one bad review. And out of a hundred, I think I have 103 reviews or something like that on the knot. Mm -hmm. I have one, one star review from someone that I knew, like I knew going into it, you know, it's one of those situations where unfortunately that one person that you just, you can't do right by them. There's nothing, there's nothing you can do to get it right. Uh, mm -hmm. they were displeased before, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's just like that. So unfortunately, you know, hindsight's always 2020. 20. I should have just never taken the wedding. Um, but you know, you do what you do. And, and so I got a, a poor review. And what's funny is in the review, thankfully, thankfully her review, she kind of, she, she qualifies herself. She, she talks about how her, um, bridesmaids showed up 15 minutes late to the wedding. Yikes. So she says that in the review and then goes on to say that I was impatient. And so I'm glad, I'm glad that she put that in there because that's true. <laughs> I mean, the wedding was supposed to start at five. It's five 15 and her bridesmaids are just showing up because oh they my were God. whatever. So, it, so that, review ended up really not hurting me at all. Just because if you read it and you read it with your eyes open, you're going to see that, you know, yeah, I want the wedding to start on time. Is there such, is it's that bad? also how you respond to that review too? If you were like, you did this and blah, 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 blah. Then, I mean, then it looks bad. It reflects bad on you as a, a business owner. But if yeah. you're just like, I'm sorry, you weren't happy. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. I did exactly just yeah. that. I was like, it was, a, and I gave her a full refund too. So like, Oh man. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have to, but I, I decided, I decided, 
Yeah. You. Yeah. I just decided to to do that because it was just, uh, again, there was nothing to do to win it. And so I was like, you know what? I just want to wash my hands of this whole thing. So that's what I did. Have you ever had a bad review? We got our first four star or I think maybe it was three star review this year. And it broke me for like a week. I, it, I know. It, it really affected me for longer than it should have, um, especially the nature of the review was um, someone wasn't thrilled with our bartender cutting off her brother who was um, taking off his shirt and dropping his drink all over himself. So, I mean, if that's the three-star review I get, then so be it. Wow. Like literally that, see, that's another one of those reviews that it's like, it reveals itself. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. you cut off my drunk brother. It's like, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm liable for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not upset with my bartender at all. I would have probably done the same thing. So sure. Yeah. yeah. I tell you, I, I, I wish my re bad review would have been about one of my other officiants. And I say that kind of tongue in cheek, <laughs> but, but it was actually right at me. Um, that so it, like there was no one to blame no one to brush off it was like they it was me yeah <laughs> but you know yeah. it's you know what's funny and you're probably the same way i i i want to learn and as egotistical as i i can be sometimes i'm i'm also i want to do the best i want to do right by people i want to you know give them what they have paid for and do a good job clearly obviously mm -hmm. my reputation's on the line and and i want to do the best i can um, so that review really helped me, um, uh, when I'm scheduling weddings, now I'm super, very clear with people about, and it's in my, as a matter of fact, it's in my contract. Now you can't, yeah. you can't, if you're going to start late, I, there's a certain point that I can't, I can't do it. You know, it's like, right. I can't, we've all had weddings start late before five minutes or 10 minutes is that's okay. But you get into the 15, 20, 30 minute and you know, especially for me, you know, I do multiple weddings in a night. I, I can't do yeah. that. I can't, I can't be waiting around 45 minutes at your wedding. I need to be on to my next wedding. Absolutely. Um, you know, and unlike maybe other businesses that you know, what they're charging at a wedding, they can only do and will only do one or two weddings on a weekend. Well, I don't mm -hmm. charge that amount. So I need to do four weddings in a weekend, uh, right. to, to really, you know, be lucrative. So yeah, we got to start pretty close to on time. <laughs> Is that so much to ask? Oh, God. I don't think so. I don't think so. I, it blows my mind when there are like wedding guests that are showing up like 20, 30 minutes late and expecting to be able to sit at the, the ceremony. You're like, no, you got to be on time. Yeah. <laughs> be that, early. That's right. There's so many moving parts that you just really need to be there. Well, Kelsey, gosh, it was such a blessing to, uh, to talk to you and to hear your stories and how you got started and and how the, how you name the, their business, that, that was one of the biggest questions I had. I'm so glad you cleared that up. Cause I was so curious, like, okay, this has got to be some story. Um, and, and it, and it was, it was a cool story. Yeah. 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 It, was, it was really nice talking to you and getting to chat with you. I don't feel like we get to do that enough. So thank you for including me. Yeah, absolutely. And this, this podcast will come out in the next uh, few days uh, for the wedding series. I'll be doing all these interviews with all the various wedding vendor types. And so you'll be the one for bartending. Woohoo! Yeah. Thank you. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. Kelsey Brandon, Tom's Travelers. Peace out.